Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to Innovation in Government. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dennis Riley, the Vice President of Public Sector at Gigamon. Dennis, welcome to the discussion. Thanks, Jason. Let me just set a little context for our conversation today. There's nothing like a little emergency to shock the system. The coronavirus pandemic helped remind agencies of two things. First, how much progress they can make in a short amount of time when there is this urgency. And second, maybe more importantly, the pandemic reinforced why IT modernization is so important. We saw agencies which invested in cloud and other modern technology tools and infrastructure were in better shape than those who didn't. Take the Small Business Administration as just one example. SBA created a new loan processing application in the cloud for the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Programs in just five days. We'll look at the National Science Foundation, which, which quickly implemented and trained employees to use a secure video teleconferencing system. Or the Veterans Affairs Department, despite their size and obvious challenges, they've dramatically expanded telehealth services during the pandemic. VA conducted about 2,500 telehealth video sessions daily at the beginning of March. Today, VA is conducting nearly 25,000 sessions, a 1,000% increase. None of this was possible without investments in technology infrastructure and obviously cybersecurity tools. While the pandemic showed what was possible, agencies are far from modernized. There's still too many legacy systems that put services to citizens at risk. So how can agencies continue to make progress, especially during the coronavirus pandemic? Well, that's where my guest comes in. Once again, my guest today is Dennis Riley, the Vice President of Public Sector at Gigamon. Dennis, let's just start with that IT modernization. There's a lot of trends going on. I think you and I could probably talk all day about IT modernization, but start off with just a few of the high-level trends that you're seeing. Right. So, you know, IT modernization is really designed to, to drive digital transformation. And for a frame of reference, we can look to the, the private sector. Uh, that's where digital transformation really started. And it was a survival issue uh, for, for companies uh, out in the, in the economy. Uh, Accenture did a survey and they found that between 2000 and 2020, half of the Fortune 500 companies disappeared. They were either acquired or simply went out of business. And one of the primary reasons was because they didn't navigate digital transformation very well. So you can think of Blockbuster and Netflix, uh, Kmart and Amazon uh, as examples. So citizens got used to having really good customer experiences online by the likes of the companies who successfully made the transition. And they started to expect that uh, from government. So IT modernization and digital transformation uh, became pressure points uh, for agencies to deliver a better customer experience to citizens, companies, whoever their uh, customer uh, was. Uh, to do that, they had to do really two things. They had to have online services that ran really well, ran fast, but also stayed secure because citizens needed to have confidence that whatever information they were putting into those systems uh, would, would remain secure. And, and it couldn't be um, an, an either or, they really had to do both. And you might think that, you know, what does digital transformation and government have to do with survival like it does in the private sector? Well, there, there's a couple interesting examples. Uh, everyone is familiar with the, you know, the famous OPM uh, breach. And even though OPM didn't go out of business, some of the responsibilities were transferred to DOD for security clearances because of that security breach. And if we think back to earlier this year at the Iowa caucuses, they were um, highlighted by the failure of the application that was being used 
to transmit the information from the caucus sites to the party headquarters to declare the winner in the presidential nominating process. The, the data was secure, but the applications didn't work. So you really have to do both. And what might be the consequences for the Iowa caucuses? Quickly, there were calls for it to never be the first primary event uh, in the presidential election season again. So they, in a sense, are gonna lose status potentially and maybe in a way, you know, go out of business. So for agency heads, CIOs and CISOs to have applications that, you know, run fast and stay, stay secure, they really need to know what's going on on their network. And that's gotten way more complex too. Uh, it used to be we had two tier architectures and three tier architectures. Well, now you might have a, a 15 tier architecture with you know, microservices and all kinds of handheld devices. We know the volumes going across the networks are exploding. And again, user ex uh, expectations are very high. So it's become way more complex. So if you have a performance bottleneck, you need to know what's going on in your network so you can detect it and um, correct it quickly. And obviously the data needs to stay secure or people will lose confidence in that application and just not use it. So uh, what we're hearing from our customers and, and where we play a role at Gigamon is we have a next generation network packet broker that allows for visibility with all the data that's in transit, all the data that's moving across the network, whether it's on-premise, whether it's in the virtual environment or now increasingly, whether it's out in the cloud. So that CIOs, CISOs and agency heads can quickly determine where there might be issues and correct them and keep that data secure. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, let's, let me back up for one thing, because I, I really liked your idea here of has to run well, run fast and have confidence. Do we see too many times it either runs well and you have confidence, but not so fast, or you know the, the two of the three legs of the stool analogy comes in, or are you seeing only one leg? Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. It, it's not an either-or situation. And you pointed to VA, which I think is a, a, a great example. They had, you know, invested in their infrastructure, you know, including Gigamon uh, over the years. So when you know COVID hit and they had an unexpected event, they had the robustness in their network and the security in their network to do the, the telemedicine. Obviously, very sensitive information. There was a big uh, uptick in mental health. Uh, uh, telemedicine sessions as well. And that's critical. Uh, many reports about how the, the stressors that came along with COVID-19, the economic uh, crisis and the social isolation caused a lot more mental health issues across the population and veterans you know, have, have had some challenges there. So it was great to see that the VA systems held up under that strain. They could have confidential telemedicine sessions and uh, do it with a high performance level so that they could you know, service their patients. You bring up the coronavirus pandemic as a significant disruption. At the same time, it's also provided that sense of urgency. So there was almost a double-edged sword. We're all in the way a lot of us are suffering from the coronavirus pandemic. A lot of people have lost loved ones. People have gotten sick. But if you look at a silver lining, if there is one, it's agencies have understood of this urgency of what they can get done. Have you seen a disruption or have you seen, uh, again, uh, the way I put it, a little bit of disruption, but also a lot of silver linings? Yes, I think we have seen both. And, you know, uh, you know, in June of this year, Chris Krebs from Department of Homeland Security, who's the, you know, the director for the Cybersecurity and Information Security Agency, uh, declared that he thought COVID-19 was one of the primary drivers of, uh, of digital uh, transformation. And we saw that in a couple of instances. 
uh, initially there was a, a DOD customer uh, of ours who very quickly went to work from home uh, for their employees. And they found that their virtual private network just wasn't you know, up to the challenge. They were used to having people work from home you know, about one day a week, so 20% of the workforce. And they quickly, quickly went over 90% working from home, almost overnight. So they beefed up their uh, network segments, but they quickly realized that they, they needed to be able to monitor those network segments for both performance and security. So they did an emergency uh, acquisition uh, of Gigamon to make sure they, that they could uh, have their workers be at home and continue their vital operations. So it really became a, a continuity of operations uh, issue for the agency, not really just a technology uh, challenge. Another example uh, that I would cite is with the IRS. Uh, they received some additional funding from Congress through the CARES Act as a result of the COVID-19 uh, situation. And they use that to strengthen their network from both a performance and a security standpoint. So uh, they use some of that COVID-19 money to acquire several technologies, including Gigamon. So both the network uh, operations teams and the security operations teams were in a better position uh, to, to do their jobs. And that probably wouldn't have happened as rapidly if it hadn't been for COVID-19. Those are both really great examples, both DOD and IRS, big agencies that have a lot of legacy technology, but they were able to turn because of one, the work they've done previously, but also understanding the urgency of the issue. And as you said, it becomes a continuity of operations. What are, from, from your perspective, as you've been talking to agencies, they're in better shape today than they were, you know, three months ago, two months ago, but is there still a, a ways to go? What, what do they see? How do they take the momentum, I guess, and, and continue to move forward? Yes. And, you know, that's one of the things that Suzette Ken talked about is, you know, continuous uh, improvement uh, with uh, IT infrastructure, digital transformation, and, you know, customer experience for the citizens. So we have seen some agencies who couldn't do everything that they wanted to do because there's always uh, limited budgets. Uh, so there, there are still some unfunded uh, deficiencies, uh, but they've gone a long way in uh, beefing up uh, the, those infrastructures in what was largely uh, uh, an un, uh, unforeseen uh, event. So yes, there's more work to do, but um, a lot of good work has been done from the CARES Act and the, the additional funding that the Congress appropriated for the agencies. And part of the reason they were able to beef up their infrastructure is take advantage of it. And obviously not every agency was perfect, but because so many moved to the cloud, I think the most recent uh, numbers I've seen are just on cloud email alone, it was something like uh, 78, 79% of all agencies are in the cloud. Walk me through how these this move to the cloud, this understanding of your applications, that is really in, in impacting both performance and security. Yeah, so every agency is in a little bit of a different point on their, their migration from totally on-premise to perhaps someday being totally uh, in the cloud. Um, I think one of the real success stories, and it's, it's still unfolding, is the uh, Census Bureau. Uh, the Census 2020 uh, project is underway. The Census is being taken right now. And that's, that's a great digital transformation story as well. Um, many of us have already participated in the census by going online and filling out uh, the forms. Uh, if we are going to have a census taker come to our home, you know, knock on our door and ask us questions, they're going to be using a handheld uh, device. So this year's census is taking advantage of technology more than, more than any other. Uh, 
And the census, because it only happens every 10 years, is really well suited for the cloud. If you think about it, they spend a few years getting ready for the census, then they conduct the census, do data analysis, ramp back down, send that data over to you know, the commerce uh, uh, department, and then start to prepare for the next uh, census cycle. So there's a surge in computing needs uh, you know, right about now when the census is being taken. So it's really uh, nicely suited uh, for the cloud. So Census 2020 has taken full advantage of that. And I'm happy to say that you know, Gigamon's involved. It happens to be an AWS uh, cloud uh, to give the security teams and the networking teams the visibility into the data that's in the cloud for both performance and security reasons. And it's important to remember that although the cloud service provider is responsible for the integrity and the security of the cloud environment, the agency remains responsible for that data and the applications that are in the cloud. So the citizens data that's in the cloud is still the responsibility of the, the Census Bureau. Uh, and they take that uh, responsibility very seriously and we're, we're happy to be helping them do that. There's plenty more to dig out. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. We can talk about cloud. We can talk about security. Maybe even zero trust will come up. Who knows? You're listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. Securing the data that moves through your agency to mitigate risk has never been more critical and challenging. With today's complex and highly distributed networks, threats have a lot more places to hide, which means having visibility to network traffic is vital to detecting threats and suspicious activities. Only Gigamon gives your security teams and tools complete unified network visibility across physical, virtual, and cloud environments to allow you to run fast, stay secure, and innovate. To learn more, visit gigamon.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dennis Riley, the Vice President of Public Sector at Gigamon. Dennis, before break, we started to talk a little bit about the cloud and the impact the cloud has had on digital transformation. You brought up a really great success story as the census, the 2020 count, as it being just a perfect example of why an agency can really take advantage of all those parts and pieces of the cloud that make sense. There's another piece that comes up time and again when I talk to vendors like, like Gigamon and, and others, they always want to talk about multi-cloud and why agencies have to understand how the multi-cloud approach matters, whether it's what workloads go into which type of cloud or how to manage it with the security side. Give me a sense of what you're seeing and, and how Gigamon can kind of play in that multi-cloud world. Uh, sure. Yeah, we, we are seeing more and more agencies, you know, wanting visibility into a multi-cloud environment. And of course, you know, the government always likes to have competition so that they don't want to be beholden to just one cloud service provider because they want to be good, you know, stewards of the, of the taxpayers' money and, and get the most mileage out of every IT dollar uh, they spend. Um, an agency that's a longtime uh, Gigamon customer, the Social Security uh, Administration, just did an upgrade uh, to their visibility uh, infrastructure. Uh, and they use CDM dollars. So they use the Department of Homeland Security Continuous Diagnostic and Mitigation Program to secure some additional funding to accelerate their infrastructure uh, upgrade of Gigamon for visibility. And they included um, in that uh, three relatively new uh, modules and solutions that Gigamon offers. One, the visibility into their virtual environment because they use a lot of VMware and also to get visibility into both Microsoft uh, Azure and uh, AWS uh, cloud. So they are clearly looking at a multi-cloud environment and wanna make sure no matter where they put their workloads, they can monitor those workloads for both performance uh, and security. 
you bring up one of my favorite topics, CDM. I had a recent conversation with the Homeland Security Department, both uh, Sean Connolly, who deals with the trusted internet connection side, but also Brian Ware, who's his boss, who's the assistant director for cybersecurity. And one of the things that uh, Brian brought up, and, and maybe we could talk a little bit about this, is during COVID, the attack surface has grown so much that agencies are so much more worried about different different attack and threats that are hitting their devices, whether it's laptops or through VPNs or the like, are you seeing a, a call from agencies, from customers asking you all for help to understand where their attacks are and, and know what they can't know or haven't known before? Yes. So, uh, I mean, well publicized by Department of Justice, the FBI, and I'm sure uh, some of their findings are being informed by the intelligence community that uh, adversaries are taking advantage of COVID-19 with the quick move to work from home, uh, a lot of unmanaged devices now uh, connecting uh, to the network and uh, people just being under stress, you know, human error is gonna happen and, and that means there's gonna be more uh, vulnerabilities. In particular, uh, the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare uh, industry uh, have been targets. Um, and I think that probably uh, fits with the federal government as well, if you think uh, like agencies like HHS have talked about uh, denial of services. I have to believe uh, NIH has been a target with all the research that they're doing on therapeutics uh, and vaccines, as well as private sector uh, pharmaceutical uh, companies. So we have seen a pickup in uh, activity uh, from customers like that, uh, asking us to help them make sure that they have uh, secure networks you know, un under this uh, stressful uh, situation. Is there something that, you know, from an agency perspective, when, again, I'll go back to my conversation with Brian Ware at DHS, one of the things he says, a lot of times agencies are not doing the cyber hygiene. We love to talk about cyber hygiene from the sense of, well, you knew that was a problem. You could have fixed it a year ago, five years ago, but you haven't. Let's fix that. Let's get some of the easy stuff. Is that what something that's starting to happen? Again, because of cloud, because of this broader attack service agencies are finally getting to because there's an, a, an urgency getting to this uh the, the, those long-standing vulnerabilities you know i i think so i think everyone's doubling down uh on, on their efforts and you know the, the premise about visibility is that if you can't see what's happening on your network you can't defend it so having visibility for on-premise the virtual environment and the cloud becomes uh, really important because if you don't know what's going on, if you don't know that perhaps an adversary is staging data in preparation for exfiltration, you can't stop it. Uh, and often you'll read about it in the press or see it on the dark web. So I, yeah, agencies are being more uh, diligent, but they need all the help they can get, you know, from obviously cybersecurity professionals as well as technology, because you know, we've never been more dependent as a society and as a government on digital systems so that means we're more vulnerable to attack and the impact of a successful attack would be that much greater. So there's, a, there's, there's always more to do. And, and you, you, know, you mentioned Brian Ware and uh, he and others at uh, DHS uh, in May of this year you know, held a uh, industry day uh, to lay out their vision for the cybersecurity division. And he too is a big fan of rapidly moving uh, workloads uh, to the cloud. So, having that visibility in the, in the cloud becomes uh, very important. It's a painful reminder of that industry day. We, the media was not invited. So thank you for uh, painfully reminding me that I was excluded once again 
from something that sounded excellent. Uh, you bring up this idea of the changing of targets, the broader, the, the more challenges ahead. And, and a lot of agencies are starting to talk about zero trust and the move to a zero trust architecture. Walk me through why zero trust matters and how can agencies get toward that final, well, never final, we know that, but, but the, the, next, the next great thing that will help with security. Sure, and zero trust is a journey, as you uh, uh, allude to, and every agency starts from a little bit of a different place. Some of them have already implemented aspects of it. But the premise is that uh, it used to be that outside the firewall was considered untrusted, inside the firewall was considered trusted. Well, that, that hard shell perimeter really has, has gone away. Uh, now you treat with suspicion any user and, and any device and make them authenticate themselves and authenticate themselves uh, frequently. And as we know, some of the biggest uh, incidents, the greatest damage has been done by insider threat, not, not people who would be uh, outside uh, in, in agency. So there's a couple of things with zero trust. Again, you have to have excellent visibility, whether it's on-premise or in the cloud, because if you can't see it, you can't secure it uh, and defend it. So visibility of, of data in motion is, is an important tenant uh, of a zero trust uh, environment. You really, without visibility, you can't have a, a zero trust architecture. The other thing that's important with zero trust is being able to see into encrypted traffic. Where agencies are already at 70 or 80% of their traffic being encrypted. Uh, they're being encouraged with zero trust to go to 90 to 100%. Well, it's a double-edged sword because while encryption can protect our data, it can also allow adversaries to hide inside encrypted uh, environments. So if you have encrypted uh, email coming in, that might be a vector for a spear phishing attack. If the uh, adversary gets inside the network and start to, starts to do command and control activities through an encrypted channel, or start to stage data through an encrypted channel or exfiltrate data through an encrypted channel, and you can't break into that and inspect it, you don't know what's going on and you can't stop the attack at whatever stage it is. So you need to be able to do that break and inspect. A next generation network packet broker is a great way uh, to do that, where you can break and decrypt the data stream once, feed it to all your cybersecurity tools so they can do their job, and then re-encrypt it uh, again. So you decrypt once, use it many times, as opposed to having each individual tool do it. And the reason you don't want to have each individual cybersecurity tool, tool do it is they often take a 50 to 80% performance hit if they have to do their own decryption. So if you have 10, 20, even 30 cybersecurity tools in your stack and you can decrypt once and use that information many times, it's a huge force uh, multiplier. We had a federal systems integrator do just that um, you know, with Gigamon. Uh, they wanted to inspect their encrypted traffic before it went through their intrusion prevention system and their web application firewall. They used Gigamon to do it and they reported that rather than having each individual tool do it and have to upgrade their tool infrastructure, they saved a million dollars by using Gigamon's inline uh, SSL decryption to decrypt once and use many times. You just probably got a lot of people excited when you talk about that kind of savings because a large systems integrator, they're probably not even nearly the size of a uh, even medium to large size agency. So if they are able to kind of save money, there's probably a lot of money on the table for agencies to really stop trying to do these one-offs and kind of the rationalizer tool sets, but also add this, what sounds like a layer on top of the tool sets so they all work together, an integration layer. Is that, is that what the, you guys are really calling for? Right, we, we call it a, you know, a visibility or a layer or a monitoring uh, layer. 
Um, and it it's definitely needs to be a part of, of zero trust. And because it's such a force multiplier, it pays for itself uh, very rapidly. We've had an independent study show that Gigamine usually pays for itself in seven months, sometimes uh, less. So it's not only a, a great security and network performance decision, it's also a, a great financial decision as stewards of the taxpayer's money for an agency to make. Agencies love to talk about zero trust. Vendors, with all due respect, love to talk about zero trust. Are you finding that there are steps that agencies are taking that are getting them toward that zero trust architecture environment? I know CDM, Einstein, Tick are all pieces to the puzzle, but how many agencies are getting more of those pieces in place to have this complete puzzle? Well, I have to acknowledge that earlier this year, there was a lot more talk about zero trust before COVID-19 hitting. But I, I do expect that zero trust is going to be coming back to the, to the forefront because it's certainly the way forward. And we see civilian agencies, you know, through the CIO Council, as well as DOD and the intelligence community all embracing zero trust. And there are pilots uh, going on right now to define uh, best practices. NIST is working on, uh, you know, zero trust architecture. Um, there, they have a you know a special publication out on that. Industry comments have gone in, so we're waiting for the the next revision uh, of that draft uh, to come out. So uh, agencies are definitely uh, getting started on it. Uh, they're definitely uh, uh, making plans. They all started a little different place, but having visibility to what's happening on your network is absolutely key to zero trust. Dennis, we're just about out of time. Before I let you go. What's the future looking like? There are some things that haven't come up like AI and machine learning, robotics process automation, data analytics, all the kind of some of those other buzzwords that haven't come up during a conversation. From your customers, what are they asking for? What are some of the things that they're asking you for help with in, you know, a year from now, five years from now? Yeah, one of the things we're starting to hear a lot more about is network detection uh, and response. Most agencies have implemented uh, endpoint uh, detection and response. But they, they're starting to recognize that, you know, the network is really sort of the single source of, source of truth. Because anything that happens in an agency is going to happen on the network. Even if someone fills out a, a, a paper form, puts it in the mail, and sends it into an agency, that's going to get keyed into a digital system. So any intrusion, any exfiltration happens on the network. So And security operations centers are typically overworked and understaffed. So if you can have a good network detection and response system that helps security operations centers prioritize the most serious and potentially most damaging alerts to investigate first, that's a, a tremendous uh, force multiplier uh, for them. Uh, they can also get over the well-known uh, alert fatigue, and that's been a a big help to threat analysts and threat hunters. And, and Brian Ware um, at CISA is talking about hunting and finding uh, things on the network before the adversary gets a chance to do damage. So network detection and response seems to be an area that more and more agencies are interested in. And, and Gigamon does provide a solution uh, to that through our threat insight offering. All right. I know that's a, a big issue that uh, the Homeland Security Department is starting to focus on, the security operations as a service. I think that's part of what you're talking about here is the network detection. Uh, this is something to talk about next time because unfortunately we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest. Dennis Riley is the Vice President of Public Sector at Gigamon. Dennis, thank you so much for taking the time today. My pleasure, Jason. Thank you. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation.
Thank you for listening to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.